<laughs> All right, y'all. Welcome back. Today we're talking about building a stronger family. This is about the art of healing your relationship with your kids. Um, now, I'm not a parent, but I know Scott is. And, and this is something that I view as like a lost skill set. Like, I think when we think about teenagers, we see that like we automatically assume, oh, well, this person's going to be in rebellion. They're going to hate me for like, well, however long it takes them to stop hating me. It could be decades, mm. right? Mm. And for me, it took me until my 30s to come back to my parents. So I, I think this is this is an important conversation. And Scott, you just recently had some experience with this. So uh, yeah, you know, what, what's, what, what do you have to... What, what, reporting you? back from Texas, uh, it was heart-wrenching and heartwarming all at the same time it was um it was really beautiful uh i had the opportunity to begin repairing the relationship with my youngest daughter oh man i get super emotional thinking about this um we haven't been in communication for about four years and not because I didn't want to, uh, but she set a boundary. Actually, both my daughters did. I have a 20-year-old daughter, too, who we haven't spoken in about three years. Um, I went to Texas and to visit my kids, to you know, hang out with my son, uh, see my daughters. I always go with the intention of seeing them. It's always like I have this expectation of showing up for them, of myself. And so I did, and I, I, I go pick up my son, take him to school every day, and I show up at their mom's house, and I bring her, their mother their favorite coffee, and I let them know that I'm there and that if they'd like to get together, that we can. Um, and over the course of the last four years, my daughters have declined the invitations to, to communicate or hang out. Um, and I did, yeah, 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 man. Um. I know there's probably a lot of information to convey and one of the burning questions that I have right now is before before you began doing the repairs and stuff mm. what was your experience like trying to communicate with your daughters uh it was difficult and I got creative I found you know, I, I would send handwritten letters and cards and find old pictures of us together. Um, but the communication was virtually non-existent coming back. I could communicate with them. Um, and their mother also chooses not to communicate with me. So I have no real way in other than like old school mailing a card or a letter. I, uh, I found out recently that one of my daughters didn't have me blocked on her phone. So I could, I've sent multiple text messages throughout the, the years in multiple, I mean, multiple per month, you know, not bombarding them or like, so to answer your question, um, the communication was yeah, pretty challenging, you know, besides cards or gifts for their birthdays or, I could see that, man. Like if I, if I were sending out mess, multiple messages a month to someone that I loved and I wasn't hearing back from them, like it would, it would hurt. I think it would probably hurt enough for me to not want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. 
I imagine as a parent, that's not really an option because it's your kid. You're never going to stop loving them. But that does sound really challenging. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And then also what I've realized over the years is they didn't come here to love me. I came, they came here, they came through us as a vehicle of love for me to learn what unconditional love truly is. So unconditional love is if, you, if you're going to murder me, will I still love you? If you're not going to talk to me, will I still love you? If you're not returning my texts, will I still love you? Or will I put a condition on it? And so over the years of them not communicating, what I learned was to go inward. And I found out where love truly exists. And it's here on my side, which helped me to show up more powerfully for them. Um, because I wasn't in that role of a I've seen many parents like shame their kids or what do you mean, you know, make them wrong for behaving the way that they are, or, you know, I'm your father. I can't believe you're not talking to me or I, I didn't do that shit to my kids, man. I just accepted that they set a boundary and I uh, honored it and tried to be creative in ways to communicate with them, but also understood and respected them doing so. Uh, and I continue to love me through the process and didn't make it about their behavior. Like, did it, did, did it hurt? Fuck yeah. It hurt a lot. Um, and, you know, the core of all suffering is not accepting things as they are in the present moment. And understanding this is just what is now. And this too shall pass. And I know these are cliches, but then once I started to embody those ways of being, it changed everything for me. Like, they were behaving exactly the way they should have been for me to get the lessons that I needed to learn. And I got them. Mm. Uh, what was, yeah. what was the biggest lesson for you? And then, then I have more follow-up questions, but I think that's probably the, the biggest one coming up for me is that. Yeah. Um, really there's a couple unconditional love, patience and listening, deep listening. And it, and it all starts over here on my side, you know, listening, learning to listen to myself and what my needs are in relationship to others, uh, not to put expectations on other people. Um, yeah, those are the, the three or four top things that I learned. Mm. Those do seem to be really important. And for the people who are listening right now, hoping like, okay, well, if I do these things for long enough, I hope they'll work. But like, how will that turn out? I know that recently you just got an opportunity to reconnect with your daughter in like in a meaningful way. Not like I'm sending her a postcard or like a gift for her birthday, but like, hey, this is an actual conversation. And if if you're up for it, I would love to hear like, how that played out for you and what got cleared up and how you went about it. Yeah, I'd love to. And, and uh, first and foremost, I want to shout out uh, my daughter's swim coach. Swimming has been instrumental in her transformation over the course of the, la the last nine years. She's getting ready to go to college. And before I went, I reached out to her coach and he, he was like, yeah, I think it's cool if you come by and watch her swim because before there was a boundary, she didn't want me around, you know, uh, so coach junior, thank you. Um, 
so that was kind of my in. Uh, I reached out to him and was like, hey, you know, what do you think about me coming by while I'm in town? I want to honor her boundary, you know, maybe if you have a conversation with her. And she agreed that it was cool if I showed up and watched her swim, watched her practice while I was there. You know, she didn't have any problems. So I showed up, but I didn't have the expectation of being able to talk to her. I just knew I was going to show up and watch her swim. Hey, I'm here. If you're available, cool. So I was, when I got to Texas, the second night I went to her where she was practicing and I just hung back. She walked by, she saw me, but didn't say anything. I saw her boyfriend. He didn't say anything. Um, and I was like, cool, I'm just going to respect the boundary. And then he walks by and he gives me a hug. We say hello. And he's like, why are you standing over here, man? Why aren't you? It's kind of weird. You should come up and say hi. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm not really feeling this. Like, no, come on. So we walk up and my daughter look, turns towards me and then looks away and she's like shaking her head like, no, I'm not up for this, which I understood. We're at her swim practice. We haven't spoken in four years. I wasn't, ex I was just wanting to say hello. And I just kind of, I understood, he understood. And I just kind of backed up and watched the practice. Leaving practice, he gave me a phone call and was like, hey man, I'm super sorry. I, I didn't know that it was going to go down like this. And I'm like, nope, no worries, man. I don't have an expectation of me resolving four years of, not even more than four years. Like it's, it's, it started earlier than that. Um, you know, I've been divorced from their mother for 10 plus years. So I think there was probably stuff from before the four years, you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden a text comes through and I read it. And it says Angelina. And I got super excited because I haven't received any communication from her at all in the over the course of four years. So I'm like, hey, hold on. And I read the text and I can read it to you now and read for the listener. It was super, it was super meaningful and important. Yeah, that would be uh, great. And I, I yeah. think it really conveys that I've seen this before as well. And it really conveys like what Scott was walking into as he was setting up for this conversation. Cause as I was reading it, it was like, this person's holding on to a lot of pain. Yeah, she was man. And I, I, I know that my kids had to go through a lot, um, from the divorce, man. So I, I never made it about me. It was always about her. Um, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I will say that when I saw the text, my knee jerk reaction would like if someone sent that to me, it's like I would just like not engage with that human. So I think this is like the fact that you were able to do this to reengage and actually rebuild the relationship is significant to me because like I think mm -hmm. that represents how much growth and how much standing in the fire has been beneficial for you. And it sounds like you found the text. Yeah, I did. Uh, it says, this is Angelina. We can talk tomorrow. We can talk tomorrow before practice. We can talk one last time before I'm ready to consistently talk to you. Be ready to have an adult conversation where we don't yell, interrupt, or cuss at each other. And we will continue to talk until we have said all that we wanted. Then we will be done until I am ready to have a relationship with you where we are equals not father and daughter do not save this number 
uh, do not save this number. This is a one-time text. And I just responded, thank you. Uh, let me know where and what time and I'll be there. And I agreed all your terms. Damn. And so I, I want to I throw in some, I feel like just listening to that, there's like eight boundaries inside of that text. And like, I know that I'm not fully healed there. I have my own work to do there. But I think for the average person receiving that, each of those boundaries is like another cut. It would be so tempting to be like, like try to be defensive, like, hey, we, we have adult conversations, like like that's, it's not fun to receive. And the way that you showed up was not reactive, which I think is respect for that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, man. And, and what, what all this work that we, you know, that I've been doing, that you've been doing, got me to was to listen past the words and the emotions that I felt in my body and be aware and be present to what was. She was letting me know that she was going to, she wanted to talk to me after four fucking years. That's a huge win that there's something in her that's curious and wants to rebuild our relationship on her terms. So one, holy shit, my 18 year old daughter has some badass fucking boundaries. That was pretty like, holy shit. She, her boundaries are probably more uh, <laughs> better than my own, man, at this point. Like, so uh, that's something she's learned through what can be seemingly understood as uh, really difficult. But what she realized was, hey, listen, I got to protect myself. I don't feel, I didn't feel safe when I was younger. I didn't, I needed you to, to show up differently. And I didn't show up in a way that was safe for my kids. I was super reactive and explosive. One minute I'd be calm the next minute. So she, what I saw was a, a young woman having really strong boundaries, which I was proud of. And it was also an opportunity for us to reconnect. So any sort of activation or hurt, I, I was just empathizing with her. I put it, I didn't keep it on my side. I was like, let me I felt what was happening for me. I, you know, I took good care of myself and then I shifted to her because this is what she needed when she was a little girl. This is what she needed from her father at one point in her life and couldn't, I couldn't show up in the way that I could now. And so there was, it was this Aikido move. It was really easy for me to listen past my hurt, to feel hers, to not be reactive um, because I've had plenty of time and a lot of practice over the years to cultivate this awareness and to hold space in myself to, sh you know, this is actually the very perfect time for us to reconnect. And the proof was that it, that it was occurring. And when she did experience me, when she did talk to me, how she felt was completely different than she did four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years ago. I know this because she reached out to her coach and said, my father's changed. So how she experienced me in the present moment was not the same as she experienced me in the past, which only, I think, only will increase the opportunity for us to 
reconnect over the course of the, you know, the days, months, years to come because her, her apprehension was in what I saw in the text was she was expecting me to show up in a way I used to show up this mm-hmm. past version of me, which is understandable because we, and for the listener, that that's why it's so important. Rob, you and I talked about this prior to recording, repairing your relationship with the people you're closest to as quickly as possible in the present moment, if possible, staying in the fire and re- getting to resolution. Not time, you know, doesn't, I don't know, time can heal and time can also draw a wedge or push a wedge um, between people. Uh, yeah, you mind if I, you mind if I jump in here? Cause I, yeah, I got, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't go on and on, man, for sure. No, no, that's that, that's not an issue at all. I just like burning, burning clarification. So if you're listening right now, just like look for this in yourself. Trauma is when we bring the past into the present. We see someone the way that we saw them 15, 20, 30 years ago. Like if you ever got bullied as a kid and you ran into that same person, you probably treat them and react to them the same way that you would when you were like five, seven, ten. And what Scott's bringing up here, I think, is relevant to this point. It's it's that if that doesn't get resolved, we have this image of like fear or anger, frustration, resentment that we carry around for that entire duration. So how old are you right now? Minus seven years. That's how long you've had to carry around this version of this other person that might be angry or toxic. And to your point, Scott, I think what I'm hearing is that there is an element of this in parenting. If I, as a parent, don't go back and repair the ruptures, the outbursts, the conflict that I have with my kids, and instead I wait because I feel guilty or resentful or hurt or sad, right? I don't want to, I don't want to talk to my kid about this. The number of years that I wait to finally repair that adds up that, that kid doesn't get to move on from that version of me. They have this out of date, like angry, reactive, frustrated person before the growth happened. And if I don't re-engage, if I don't communicate again, they don't get a chance to update. They're still living in the past with that version of me for every day that I don't decide to take action. Yeah, man, you nailed it. That's that's absolutely true. And it 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 wasn't for me for a lack of trying on my side. I I knew this information then. And I was doing everything that I could to get, to stay in her life and to repair the relationship. She set the boundary. Uh, my kids were the ones that set the boundary. Um, my son and I have completely repaired our relationship. We are at we are back to zero and at 100% and can work through stuff pretty quickly. And um, it's just now I'm working with my daughter. And you're right. 100% at what you said, man, was a great reflection. Um, and what I noticed when I met my daughter for the first time after all those years was I, I was just there to listen and hold space for her and understand how my behavior impacted her over the years and through the divorce. And, and there was, there were times where I, I was like, because here's another thing, listeners, four years, four minutes ago, the, the, the brain can't 
accurately, at least in my experience, can't accurately recall what occurred at 100% accuracy four minutes ago, let alone four years. So think she was, my daughter was saying some things that were, my experience was different, but that was her experience. And I was there to listen to her. So there were times where I was like, mm, activated, that's not true, that's wrong. And I like, and I'm like, nope, listen past that, be with what's going on in you, hear her, this is her experience. This is how my behavior impacted her. When the relationship is a little bit more secure, I'll have the opportunity on the back end to have a conversation with her about some things that I think maybe weren't a hundred percent accurate. Like you, you, you saw them this way and I didn't, I didn't say this. I would never say this, but in that moment, it wasn't the time or the place. It was just me allowing her to see me in a non-reactive, calm, grounded, embodied space so she could let go of all of those years of trauma if she so decided to. And I know maybe that's a little bit wishful thinking to think that somebody could dissolve that much trauma or however much in a short period of time. And I feel like there could be a pretty substantial amount of release that's no longer held in her body and in the cells of her body and in her mind. And the truth of that is that she did, she did let her coach know I'm not the same. So that was a huge advantage, you know, like, Oh wow. All this time has gone by. My dad is different. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I think there's a lot of evidence out there that points to as we begin the repair process, it does cause a, Trauma, from what I remember, for you listening right now, causes a physiological change in your brain. There is like it's almost like a, an emotional scar, right? But it's up there, and it doesn't move until we begin to get that release. Until we begin to learn that it's safe in this type of situation, it takes about from from my own experience, from from what I've seen in clients, like four or five examples of oh, I'm actually safe here. For that trauma response to fully dissolve um, and for that change in the brain to go away. I do think that you're on to something there in that even having one example is helpful for loosening up that story and allowing people to move on. And I, I think I, I have a question and I, I'm, I'm guessing that there will be people who are listening to this that have a similar question. How did you handle it? Like, how did you approach it when, hey, my kids don't want to connect with me. I'm trying my best here and they're shutting me out. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you get through that? What worked for you? Mm. I, I, that's a great question actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I got real with myself and thought I may never speak to my daughters again. That's a very, very real possibility. And I sat with that and I felt it. And I was like, this, this, this is very real. And this is one possibility. And another possibility is that I'll get the opportunity one day to have a conversation with them. And that's an, another possibility. And I didn't cling too tightly to either one, but was aware that both of those were very real possibilities and just kept 
in the present moment, thinking about putting my awareness, putting my attention on what it was I wanted to occur rather than focusing on worst case scenario. So I continued to do work on myself. I continued to, you know, get more skill to work harder um, inwardly and outwardly, you know, physically on my physical presence, on, on my psychological meditating more and just noticing my habits and patterns of mind. Like it, it came up a lot, you know, I'm not, I, I'll never see my kids again and the stories that would come up and I'm like, Oh, that's not real. That's just a story I'm creating for myself. So it was like being realistic, like really real. And, uh, then having this relentless um, drive to continue to put energy and emphasis on my side. What could I control, Rob? I can only control my behaviors, my actions. And I feel like the more that I did that, the more attention I put on building my business, on helping other people, on not being a victim, I feel like that helped this to manifest. Uh, over the course of the years, man. So for the listener, after any breakup or any, you know, whatever you want to call it, like if you're breaking up with a, a partner or something like, you know, somebody leaves your life, whatever the case may be, or is it's with your kids like, like me, it, it's to always come back to self because this is what I can control. How I feed myself, how I, uh, how I treat my body physically, uh, in the, in the, doing the deep inner work, a lot of reading, a lot of studying, um, a lot of play, fucking climbing trees, skateboarding, um, having fun, not taking life too serious because this shit is going to end one day, man. Mm. And, uh, I'm, none of us are getting out of this fucking thing alive. So it was like really being present and aware of the totality of, of life, man. Yeah, dude. That is that's <laughs> some profound insight and for those listening right now if 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 you were to tell people like maybe what is the question the question is what's something that a lot of parents do or what's something that you did in the beginning trying to fix that connection that was actually counterproductive like what's something that people need to avoid that they think is helping but actually isn't chasing in any chasing for sure that's the, that's the very first thing, like going too far or too much over there. I did that. I made those mistakes, sending gifts, sending money with no response, you know, just constantly over there. It was almost like I put my well-being in their hands. And so I started to realize like, no, that isn't the move because it's also not teaching my children a very good lesson about, hey, listen, they don't have to show up inside of the relationship and I'm going to get gifts. I don't have to show up. So fuck it. I'll just keep, you know, avoiding and he's going to send me gifts and money. And, and I stopped doing that shit except for on their birthdays. Um, and then I would send cards, you know, handwritten letters. Um, just saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to be in town. I want to connect, but yeah, I, I wouldn't chase and pursue. Like I said, I started to then put that attention on myself and how I could better myself more tools, um, how I can help other people, other families that are going through similar circumstances. Like that pain turned into my path. So 
you know, whether it's you maybe having a conversation with another parent that's dealing with this and starting a group or, uh, yeah, I started a men's group and just, just started to really put attention and focus on how I could serve, how my pain could turn into the path, stop chasing, stop, you know, being so needy and giving myself what I needed. Uh, so less over there and more over here. Mm. And it's hard. It was hard. And it's a process, man. It's, and Rob, I'll say this one thing. Also being true to myself and feeling the anguish and the pain, like sitting in the fire. We talk about this all the time, sitting in that, the very real possibility that I could, I may never have a conversation or see my daughters ever again. And that was very real. And when that came up, I, I felt it. Like I didn't, I'm sure I did avoid it at times or, you know, I, I wasn't like this linear path where I was just like this Zen monk guy and it was just all perfect. No, man, there, yeah. It, and I know that that is one of the biggest, um, one of the, one of the greatest or biggest, <laughs> it was the, it garnered the biggest result feeling my feelings um, and being true to myself and not running from them. And that would, and what that looks like for the listener, it's simple. It's exactly what it sounds like. You get a cushion and you go sit in a fucking room by yourself with no phone, with no music, with nothing but yourself, your feelings and your thoughts. And you just be with that and you cry if you have to or you scream if you have to, or whatever it is that you have to do, but just be with yourself and also love myself saying, I knew I did the best I could with what I had then and I can do better. So, yeah. yeah. I, want, I want to throw in a couple of points there as well because when I, whenever I started doing this in the beginning, I would often use the time to try to like fix myself extra hard. It's like, oh, I have some alone time. Let me try to problem solve this. Let me try to reverse it, like figure out what's wrong with me and what's wrong with the. That's not what the time is for. What right. Scott is talking about is you actually sit without trying to fix or change anything that's happening in your body with your kids or in real life. And you just feel what's the discomfort that's going on. And you try to channel it. You try to embrace it. Like, well, what emotion wants to come out right now? Sadness? Okay. Can I just be really sad right now? And then you allow it to arise and pass. And then the next thing, anger. All right, well, I guess it's time for the anger roller coaster. And you go until you're clear. And, but I love that you brought up like, hey, this is not linear. We don't just like bulldoze our way through for like two weeks or whatever. And then we're clear. Nah, like we regress. Sometimes we avoid. Sometimes we fuck up. And understand that that's baked into the process too. It doesn't make you messed up. It doesn't make you stupid or wrong you're reacting the way that any human would react given this situation. Yeah, man, that was beautifully put it, Yeah. This, this path of growth and development is not linear and it's not, it's not pretty, man. This is not for the timid or the weak. This is life. And especially if you're wanting to do better is messy and sloppy and bloody. And it's, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's fucking hell, man. And, but, and then the uh, you get to feel that much more love and connection to yourself and to others. So yeah, it's worth it. And, and there is nothing wrong with you. Like, and I like that you brought up the problem solving thing, Rob, because you can't go back in your past 
and, and make it any different or, you know, do something in the future. And oddly enough, or paradoxically enough, you can, by sitting in the, in the fire and being with your experience, it does change the past and the future because my current circumstances because of doing this deep work and being with myself and this experience is healing the past because my daughter showed up in the present and allowed me the opportunity to be with her. Now moving forward into the future, we will have a different relationship based on mutuality, respect, and love because I did the work on myself in the present moment. I, I, you know what I mean? It's, it's fucking weird like that. Yeah, I, I love that you brought that up because I was I was looking for an opportunity to talk about this too. Cool. I, what Scott mentions is critical, and I I want to explain the mechanism. So Scott was mentioning, hey, I'm considering two possibilities. One of them is, hey, maybe I get this future where I get to reconnect with my children and I get to be a dad again. And hell yeah, that's what I want. This is what I'm about. I'm aiming towards that. But the other possibility that I'm sitting in is maybe this never pans out. What if I lose my kids? Damn. Like, what if I never hear from them until the day I die? And that even then, nothing. And, and what you want to do is pay attention to what reactions show up when you consider that scenario, because that is more often than not what's keeping your kids from you is the reaction that occurs. Ultimately, if I blow up, it's because I'm worried about a specific outcome, the worst case scenario. I'm worried it's happening right now. I'm having a reaction. And if I can sit with that reaction, if I can hold space and be compassionate for that reaction so it arises and passes, I don't have to have that explosion around my kids. I don't have to push them away from me with those strong emotions because I've dealt with them. I've sat with them enough that I know how to soothe and resolve them. And when Scott was talking about safety earlier, I think this is a big piece of that. It's the violence of my emotions, the pain of my emotions. I'm not passing them on to other people when I can avoid it. I'm dealing with them over here and I'm not making it someone else's problem. And when I can sit with that worst case scenario and really truly be like, okay, you know, this sucks, but I can manage this. Mm. I think that's the opportunity where healing can begin. What do you think about that, man? Yeah. What came up for me while you were saying that, Rob, that was really eloquently put like, uh, you, what did you say? If I can at the very end, if I can sit with, I do you remember already? I, I already well, forgot. <laughs> well, it, it just, a couple of things came up for me the way you, you said that, like if I can be with my own experience in my own upset, it's, I can then also hold space and be with other people's and, and just allowing things to arise and pass away. Like I'm not reactive. And, and what, what else came to me in that moment was the book man's search for meaning uh, by Viktor Frankl. And reading that book give, gave me perspective on this life and my circumstances because he was he was in Auschwitz in a in Nazi Germany in a concentration camp and the people who survived were the ones that had this optimistic optimistic 
outlook. Like they, they would look out the, the window and see the trees or they would think, they would imagine a day in the future on what it would be like to reconnect with their family members. And, you know, rather than focusing on what you were saying was like, if I focus on this, never seeing my kids again and not being able to be with that distress, that uncomfortable emotion, like I'm, I'm then projecting it onto other people around me. They can feel that energetically from me. So it's making the best of the worst situation and carrying that forward. And people are feeling that from you. And so I feel like that's what's happening with, with my daughters right now is that they're, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't a victim mindset. I was always sad. Like when I was speaking to them, I think I was coming from like a, I'm so like, I, I'm not all right over here. You know, like they were like, Jesus Christ, you're the fucking parent. You know, don't, I'm trying to live my life and you're putting your shit on me. Like now it's like, Hey, listen, you talk to me. Cool. You don't cool. I'm here. You want to connect? I'm down. If you want to talk about things, I'm, I'm available for you. Fully available. I can now be with, I don't need, I love you and I don't need you to be okay. I'm okay. I took good care of myself. So I think there's, there's that difference, man. That's huge. I want to, I want to underscore that because there are two ways to take on what Scott just said. And the first way, which will be the most tempting, because that's the way we all do it is, Hey, we're going to pretend to be the person that's okay without other people. I don't need you. And it, it, and we, yeah. we talk about this every once in a while. It's like that mm-hmm. fuck you kind of energy. Like, ah, I don't, yeah. And you don't, <laughs> I don't fucking need you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And, and you don't want to, you don't want to be the person that puts on the mask. Uh, as Scott mentioned at the end there, it's like, hey, no, I take care of myself so well. I am complete in my being. Mm. And I honestly, I honestly don't need someone to rescue me right now. I don't need someone to do an action to make me feel complete. I am complete. I know this in my bones and it's because of what I've done to take care of myself. And when you can be in that position, you're, you're in a better place to interact with anybody, not just your kids, your boss, right? Your employees, whoever it is. Um, and it's just that energetic of like, Ooh, this person isn't trying to take something from me. I also like what you brought up earlier. I hadn't even thought about that, but it's like the point of when I sit in the fire with my own discomfort, I'm building up my capacity to be with other people in their discomfort as well. So I don't react when they're uncomfortable, which makes me flash back to your conversation with your daughter. Like she had a lot to say, like four years of buildup and like stuff she just kept in that kind of boiled over. And you were capacity for all of that because you did the training, you put in the work. I'm also hearing that you're drawing this like, hey, there's this yin yang thing going on. There's this balance. We're not always sitting in the darkness, crying or being angry or suffering. We also keep our eyes on the future. If there is no optimism, if there's no hope, then why would we bother? What's the point of this journey? We have to do both. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, And that it's that's exactly right. And being in that moment with my daughter for the first time in four years, all of that, I had that awareness. It was like, okay, flashback to the past. Ouch, that hurts. Her coming at me, sharing impact. Oh, man, empathizing, empathizing. Then I could see 
I could see the future. This is the beginning of a new future with her and I. So it was like all this stuff is going on in the present moment. And if I, I being aware of all of that made it easier for me to be less reactive, man. It was so fucking beautiful. Like, I'm like, holy shit. It was like this tornado, all kinds of emotions. And I was just, I could feel in my trunk, like in my body, how grounded I was. I cried a few times. I did just to hear my daughter share impact on what it was like to be in relationship with me at one point in her life was fucking devastating. And I felt it. And then I was like, here's the opportunity to repair we're going to do this and we're going to have a better future. And it was just all this stuff going on all at once. And I was aware of all of it. It was so easy for me to just be with it all and hold it in myself and for her. I Come at me with whatever you got. And I just noticed her start to soften, soften, soften. By the end of the conversation, she was so anxious. She was biting her fingernails. You know, she was cussing at me and her, 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 uh, her boundary was no, you know, no cussing. And I just let her, whatever. I just let, let her, let me have it. Let it all out, baby. I got you. Whatever you got going on, you can bring all of you to me now. I couldn't do this for you then. I, all of you is welcome here. And I just let her fucking release it. And I, no problem. I got it. I can hold it. And Fuck it was yeah. fucking powerful, man. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Major warrior energy coming from that. Super impressed with you, dude. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I have many other questions. There's like so much more to delve into here. Yeah. And I know we're running into our limit here. We are. So in, in the last few minutes, um, what's the capstone here? What's the last thing that you want people to walk away with today? Mm, that's great. Um, what's coming through me right now is is if you're going through something similar, control what you can. And that's putting attention on yourself in learning and growing from the past. So you don't show up in the present the same way you did. It, yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like learn. I learned from my mistakes. I learned from the hurt. I, I didn't continue to repeat the patterns of my past. So, you know, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's listening to a podcast like this or reading a book or getting a coach, um, being willing, especially as a parent to be vulnerable with our children and to listen, listen to them to understand what their experience is. Because I feel like as parents, we're constantly telling our children what to do. And then they're going to school and they're being told and their experience is negated. I feel like a lot of the time. So the big takeaway and the big capstone is be curious about your kids and ask them what it's like for them out in the world and in relationship with me. That's a really challenging thing to do because you might get, you might hear something that you don't like. And then you're going to have to fucking change or you can continue to show up the same way and get the same shitty relationship, man. So all of the stuff that my daughter laid into me about, I listened to her and I will take that information 
and I will use it as an opportunity for me to grow and show up more powerfully, not only in her life, but in, in the lives of every human being I interact with. That's killer, dude. I, I, that feels, feels complete <laughs> to me. And thank you for being willing to share about this. This is, if I were to put myself in your shoes, this would be like a tender and very vulnerable thing. I, I would be cautious to put this information out there because it feels so like, man, I don't know if I want to be seen in this. And, but I think that's the, that's the thing. Like your willingness to be seen in this is like, we all go through this shit. It's just, most of us are encouraged to kind of hide it out of shame. So I appreciate you coming forward with this and sharing how you got through from like being who you were to who you are now, creating a new relationship with your kids. Two out of three, one more. And then I think, I think, <laughs> I think that chapter will be closed, but I, this is remarkable. I appreciate you being here, man. Yeah, thanks, Robin. I appreciate, you know, you providing the space for me to be able to share my heart. And and again, man, just to close out with it, the pain is the path. Like this space and me sharing, I know other pe people are out there going through this. Other parents are. So if m me being vulnerable and taking my mask off and letting the armor off and sharing my experience helps another human being, it's it's a huge win, you know? So thanks for, thank you. And thanks to all the listeners out there um, that take the time to come over and hang out with us, man. Uh, I, I appreciate you a lot, Rob. And uh, I love you. I love you too, man. And if you're listening right now and you got something out of this podcast, you know someone who would benefit from listening to this, who has been struggling with their relationship with their kids, you know what to do. Thank you for listening. We'll be back, I believe, wait, no, not next week, but the week two after weeks. that, two weeks, <laughs> with a fresh episode of Laughing Warrior. Thank you for being with us. Peace.